Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Texas Real Estate Research Center at Texas A&M University. I'm Haley Reeder-Wiley, Communications Specialist. Today is Wednesday, January 26th, 2022. On this day in 1839, the Congress of the Republic of Texas passed two important pieces of legislation, a Homestead Act and an act setting aside land for public schools and two universities. The Homestead Act was designed to encourage homeownership and guaranteed every citizen or head of family 50 acres or one town lot and improvements costing up to $500. The Education Act was inspired by President Mirabeau Lamar's determination to establish a system of education endowed by public lands, but it failed to produce the desired results immediately because land prices were too low for this endowment to provide revenue. There was also some popular indifference on the county level to the establishment of schools. Regardless, Lamar's advocacy of the program earned him the nickname Father of Texas Education. Now on to today's podcast. 2020 and 2021 looked a little different than years past, Home affordability continued to diminish, employment dipped before recovering at the end of last year, and the Texas economy proved resilient in the face of a global pandemic. How did the Texas population change last year? According to the U.S. Census Bureau's latest estimates, Texas gained nearly 200,000 residents over the year, the second most in the country. But what population trends were seen last year, And how could they affect different sectors of the economy going into 2022? Texas Real Estate Research Center lead data analyst Joshua Robertson is here to share his insights. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me again. What Texas population trends are seen in the Census Bureau's latest estimates? Yeah, so we, uh, uh, Census Bureau's released a variety of survey results. So there's a couple I can share from. Uh, one was uh, uh, kind of reported recently that the South in general was one of the four regions that actually gained uh, net incoming migration, uh, kind of at the detriment of, you know, kind of the, the coastal areas in the Midwest. Uh, specifically for, for Texas and Florida, uh, those were the two main spots. Uh, Texas gained in one year between July 2020 and July 2021, close to a, a net of 197,000 uh, new residents, which is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, this hurts my pride a little bit. We're playing second fiddle to Florida, which was closer to 250,000 yeah. <laughs> new residents. So I guess depending on how you want to see that. But of course, that's, that's uh, you know, we, we've all kind of felt, you know, the presence of people moving uh, uh, to Texas. And now some of those numbers are, are coming out. Um, Some other interesting data, and this is more general, but I think it kind of adds a lot of color in terms of what's going on. Um, The current population survey, also from the Census Bureau, kind of describes, you know, who exactly is moving. And what we're seeing is that, um, you know, renters in general have not moved during the pandemic. it's, it's uh, really what's driving it are, are homeowners, and there's a lot of implications for that. Homeowners, of course, tend to be higher income, uh, educated, uh, you know, along with that, the higher income. And so it just kind of really kind of changes some of the dynamics of, um, you know, what, what migration means. Uh, now, we don't have numbers uh, specifically for Texas on this survey, 
yeah, homeowners are driving uh, growth. Renters are, are not moving as much. Uh, also, you know, Texas being close to the border, we, we tend to get a lot of uh, international, uh, you know, particularly from our southern neighbor, Mexico, and, you know, uh, South America as well. Um, we just not have had really any foreign migration past few years, and COVID made it worse. Uh, so it's that's still not uh, clicking there. Um, and then also the, the, this other survey does get a little bit into motivations for moving. Uh, typically on a year-to-year basis, you'll see, you know, and this particular question is actually geared both towards homeowners and renters. So it's a little, you know, it's, uh, it gets a little blurred. But, you know, when asked what the number one reason is, typically people move because they want to upgrade their house. Uh, it makes sense, you know, as people kind of go through different life stages, you know, if you're in an apartment, uh, you may, you know, rent, go, your next step may be to rent a house and then afterwards to buy a house and then afterwards you buy a bigger house. And so you have this continuous cycle and that that's still a main driver. But what would happen in years past is that uh, you would see job related reasons being number two. And that hasn't been the case the past couple of years. It's been mainly house focused, you know, and that makes sense because, you know, with mortgage rates where they're at and, you know, people, you know, for a while staying at home a lot more, uh, the house has become a lot more important of a driver. So that, that's pretty interesting to see. Uh, I'm not sure how that will continue on, you know, with the rates uh, already increasing, but, you know, going to be increasing more later this year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what next year looks like. But so, yeah, a lot going on on, on the population demographic front. I think that's really going to work to Texas' advantage in coming years. How could these population trends affect the state's labor market? Yeah, so going back to, um, you know, who's moving, uh, like I stated earlier, it's uh, mainly homeowners. And homeowners, again, tend to be uh, highly educated. Uh, They tend to have higher incomes. And so uh, what that's going to mean is a different type of, of worker moving to Texas. Uh, a lot of people are moving to the the big four Texas metros, uh, but in general, I mean, most Texas metros benefit. But I mean, the big four. I mean, everyone hears about how crazy things are in in Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, Houston. Um, but you know what that means for the labor market. I mean, I think what's going to happen is that as the economy continues, and I'm talking not only national but global economy, as the economy kind of continues to expand up because we've had a few false starts, you know, uh, COVID certainly uh, kind of tail takes at least sentiments in, into a tailspin. Um, you know, it's, it's really hard to plan out things right now, you know, how much to invest and how much to hire. But I think as, you know, COVID continues to be more manageable um, and as the economy opens up, Texas will be in a really good position um, to, and, and, and of course it's business friendly environment. That, that's a big, big plus for, for places like Texas and Florida. Um, I, I think you'll see a lot of positive, you know, uh, wage growth and I think you'll, uh, we'll be in a good spot. So, yeah, so I, th- I think we're, I think we're, things are looking good. How could the influx of new residents into Texas impact the state's already tight housing market? Yeah. Um, so I've said it once, said it twice. I mean, we, before COVID, uh, we were already trying to dig ourselves out of a hole in terms of housing supply. Uh, We're really trying to catch up after basically a decade of not building enough. And, you know, COVID's made it worse. So, I mean, it's going to continue to be tight. 
the the new home market is trying to you know operate you know full speed, but you know even even they're having you know even they're trying to recover you know um, labor employees, um, and of course there's still a lot of you know gremlins in the building materials sector. Um, you know, wood's gotten a lot of attention, but other things like, you know, drywall materials and, um, really there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff that is still kind of in flux. And so we've, we've all heard the, uh, um, you know, the crazy price jumps, the delays. I mean, it's not just a matter of paying more for, for something. It's, it's, you know, there's, there's entire houses like, well, we, we had this in the plan. How, how does this sound? Let's change this because we can't build with that. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of that. So I mean, the the short answer is that it's going to make it even tighter. And so, and while, um, you know, again, while while the new home market is is you know working at full capacity, I mean, it's going to take us a while to kind of build our way out of this. So, as the economy heals from the pandemic, do you expect these population trends to remain consistent? You know, I think that. You know, Texas's job-friendly environment, jobs prospects uh, will, will continue to be uh, an asset to Texas. So, but I don't know. You know, these past two years, when you see you know close to two hundred thousand new residents uh, in the state, I don't I don't know if it's going to be those numbers, but it's going to be positive. I mean, um, so I, I think I think the past couple of years has been more specific due to COVID. Um, but I mean, who knows? I mean, it, we're, we're going to have strong demographic growth. It's just going to be a matter of how much. Um, but personally, I, I, I kind of think that's going to level off some to more manageable levels. Um, I think people who have wanted to move have already moved. And I think part of it also is, again, mortgage rates are going to be increasing. So that's going to take some wind out of the sails of the housing market. Well, thanks again for coming on. All right. Thank you. Thanks again, Josh. For more, check out the Census Bureau's latest data. The center also has population data at the state, county, and metro levels available for free on our website. In addition, you can check out Where Did New Texans Come From During the Pandemic? This article looks at domestic migration into Texas during 2020. Click the links on our podcast webpage and in the YouTube description box to access these and more. For more on the state's labor market, read the Center's Texas Employment Report. This monthly report compares Texas' employment rate with the national one. In addition, it includes rankings of Texas MSAs and various industries. The link is down below. For more housing data, check out our Texas Housing Insight Report. This monthly report is a summary of important economic indicators that help discern trends in the Texas housing markets. Read the publication online for free and subscribe to email notifications so you always know when the latest report is published. That's going to be it for today's podcast. If you're looking for more from the Texas Real Estate Research Center, head to our website. That's www.recenter.tamu.edu. There you'll find the latest data, research articles, blogs, news, and more. For more Texas real estate news, subscribe to Recon, our bi-weekly newsletter. You'll get all the biggest stories sent straight to your inbox every Tuesday and Friday. The link is down below. To stay up to date on when articles are published on our website, follow the Texas Real Estate Research Center on social media. 
can find us with the handle at RECenterTX on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. For more podcasts like these, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or to our YouTube channel. All podcasts are also available for free on our website. Thanks for joining us today in the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Texas Real Estate Research Center in College Station, Texas, where we've been helping Texans make the best real estate decisions since 1971. This is Haley Reader Wiley, and I'll see you next time. Bye.